Hi, we're the Sklar Brothers, Randy. And Jason Sklar. And we never listen to None, None Taken. Taken. I mean, why would we at this point? Okay, I got a question for you. Uh, don't say it out loud yet. Okay. Think about it. Um, did you have a celebrity crush? Can you remember your celebrity crush from your childhood? Don't say it yet. Yes. Can you? You, yes. you got one right away? Yes. I like that. It's a good one. Okay, so on three. Ready? One, two, Monica Winnie Lewinsky. from the Wonder Years. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Uh, <laughs> fuck, Alan. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky? Uh, <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I was a teenager. I was just old enough to get blowjobs. Well, not get blowjobs, but understand Wait, I thought, them. I thought you said from your childhood. I guess Teenager's teenage childhood? Counts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it it's is Winnie, be, right? That's her uh, name. Wait, wait. I think she... Wait, Winnie, who are you talking about from the Wonder Years? Yeah. Dude, I'm so glad you said this. I thought about this this week. Her name is Winnie Cooper. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like a mini Cooper, yeah, but Winnie. Winnie Cooper. This is so dumb. Yeah, I, had, I had kind of a massive crush on her. Yeah. Yeah, well, me, me too. Um, she was cute as fuck. Yeah. Her? Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Not my story. <laughs> Uh, okay. I have a follow up. Okay. Okay. Or was is is William Bill Jefferson Clinton's first two initials really BJ, and we never noticed it? <laughs> this. Uh. Should we hit record? Yeah. One, two, three. All right. You ready? I am ready. Are you recording? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. No offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Welcome to None Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show with your hosts Dustin and Alan. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band for the use of their song Ways and Means for our intro music. Thank you for joining us. At the time of this recording, it's Tuesday, December 7th. Something I'm supposed to say after that. It's a great day for America. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And Alan is in the San Francisco Bay Area. We are here. Recording from across state lines. Recapping another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal life. Please subscribe right now wherever you're listening to this. Please leave us a five-star review. And be sure to tell all your friends about us. You can find None Taken on Instagram, Twitter, and of course our Facebook None Taken Superfans group. Remember, first show is free. After that, search for None Taken on Venmo. We're the one with the zebra. Chip in what you think is fair. Alan, what is up? What is up, everybody? That was some extra big energy on the welcome. Intro. <laughs> thank you. That was, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm nice. here for Pearl Harbor Day, you know. Just got to really oh, in- leave it on the line. Indeed. I didn't even, yeah. We are. It is. Um, so let's see. What did I get up to last week? Um, I tried a Brazilian place in the neighborhood. Whatever. Not that interesting. Yeah. Uh, they I take also... off all your body hair. 
No, it was really good, though. It's not that type of Brazilian it. place? It wasn't that kind oh, of Brazilian okay. place, no. Um, I also got sick last week, which kind of sucked. I actually called out of uh, work a day, which I, like, never do. Uh-huh. Um, no COVID. I don't... You're afraid to get tested, huh? I was like, I don't know. But, I'm just going to assume I got the bodies. <laughs> there was no... Like, I didn't lose any sense of smell or taste. Oh. No fever. Uh, uh, but then, it, then again, I was reading... The new stuff about Omicron. The first They're like, cases well, of Omicron was in San Francisco, wasn't it? It was. Oh, yeah. And also... They're uh, they saying that's part of the uh, genetic. Nope. No uh, loss of taste, no loss of smell. It just makes you feel fatigued and muscle ache, muscle soreness, right? Well, well, yeah, but so part of the genetic makeup is actually from uh, another COVID uh, virus that causes the regular common cold. Yeah. And what I had felt more like a common cold. I I did not have fatigue or body aches though. Okay. So I th- think I'm in the clear. Yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, actually, the more interesting thing that happened this last week, I was talking to my dad on the phone on Saturday night, Mm -hmm. uh, mom and dad, actually, and I don't really know how this came up. Actually, I think we might have been talking about you liking uh, OU football. Oh, okay. I think that's might have came up. So, my dad goes, well, you know where your grandfather was born, right? And I was like... Oklahoma. Well, I didn't know that, actually. But weren't you in Oklahoma for some reason involving a grandparent? No, like at I some had point, visited didn't you family. like road trip out there? Have you talked about that? I, I did. I visited okay. family in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. I did not know. I I was unaware. Is where your my great, grandfather is was your born. grandfather a Native American? No, no, okay. he's not. Okay. Um. So uh, I I knew a few things about my grandfather. So first, of all, my grandfather died when I was like three years old. So I really okay. have no no memory of yeah. him. Uh, my grandfather was born in 1911. Nice. Uh, he served in World War II. He drove a truck. He like drove a fuel truck for like a airplane fuel. Um, anyway, so that's kind of what I, oh, and his name is Pete. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of what I knew about my grandfather. Yeah. So my dad goes, he was born in Marlowe, Oklahoma. Do you know where Marlowe, Oklahoma no, is? Never heard of it. It's like 20 miles outside of Norman, dude. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm practically an honorary sooner, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah more than I don't know. <laughs> talk about that. But yeah. So I'm just going to show up with my birth certificate and my library card. And I think I'll get an honorary. <laughs> that sounds, yeah. Yeah. It's Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was completely unaware that that was That's a pretty cool, cool man. Yeah. Um, other than I watched some golf over the weekend. They're playing in the Bahamas because it's the weather is nice in the Bahamas okay. right now. And Tiger Woods sat in on the broadcast. The first I time saw a thing from him been. saying that he he definitely admits he's never going to play again. Uh, not exactly. He said that it would be years away from him being ready to play in a tournament again, which seems to indicate that probably not yeah. likely. Senior But tour. he didn't rule it out entirely. Sure. Okay. Anyways, it was cool. I hadn't seen him in the public spotlight really since his accident yeah. um, that much. Yeah. It was just cool to, to see him. He's so relaxed and comfortable on camera, too. Oh, that's so, good. It, was, it was It was just fun watching him. Do you know who his voice reminded me of, which was weird? Who? And listeners probably won't even know i may or may not know who this is drab t-shirt dude <laughs> he does sound like drab yeah from the big old totally show. Like, yeah yeah exactly yeah uh or the uh wow. the sports junkie that's funny yeah 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 but even so somehow too. less exciting than drab even if that's even possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just his delivery manner yeah. i guess mm-hmm. yeah well yeah. jim rome used to always joke about tiger that his his response was the course looks good i feel good i like my chances <laughs> like that's every tiger woods interview <laughs> Yeah, he did have a pretty stock answer. Yeah. To be fair, he had to do like 4,000 interviews a day. So, you know, yeah. there's that. That was like peak um, tiger. 
Yeah. Anyways, that's pretty much my week, nice, man. How nice. about you? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I really struggled to think what I did this last week. And what, I just want to start off saying uh, we got our Insta... Not Instagram. What's it called? Spotify wrapped. Spotify. Yeah. yeah. And I got we got our wrapped for the podcast. And... Um, it actually has some impressive numbers, but I like self-deprecation. So it told us we have 12 really dedicated listeners. And I was like, you know what? Shout out to our 12 listeners, man. Thank you. You're, you're the reason we do this every week is for all 12 of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll see what <laughs> that, that number is cool. next year. But yeah. I, I don't think a large majority of our listeners listen on Spotify, honestly. Yeah. Well, that's another reason. Yeah. No, it actually tells me that <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah most, most of our uh, listeners yeah. listen through their apps or right. whatever. Yeah. So the information yeah. is not very useful. Um, right. Uh, something. Okay. So I was on call this last weekend or I'm still mm-hmm. on call. Um, the Friday night, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. Like if I told you the name of the town, it wouldn't matter. Like it's really the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I'm doing a refrigeration call. So I'm like down below the roof working on a walk-in. Then I'm going up on the roof and, uh, working on the condensing unit that's outside just for context. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a military base, uh, air force base, probably within like 40 miles from there. Okay. Pitch black, UFO. pitch black sky. I'm getting super okay. frustrated with my diagnosis. And I just have to like stop smoke on my vape, kind of walk around the roof a little bit, um, sort of reset my mind. And I look up and I see a string of lights in the sky. Oh, shit. None of them, it's, it's, they're not uniform. So it's not like they're evenly spaced. They're somewhat clustered and then, you know, but they're, they're definitely in a string. Uh, uh, all, all these lights are moving at the same speed. Um, and they're not going in a straight direction like the way that the string is pointing. But they're not moving sideways either. They're like sweeping at a forty-five degree angle while the the whole line is moving diagonally across the sky. Does like how sense? many lights? Forty. Uh, oh, sh- okay. Yeah, twenty. Wow. So between twenty and forty, um, and and I'm trying to record it, and I'm looking at my phone. Then I look back up, and they're gone. Oh wow! And I'm like, holy shit. I, that's wild. I, I've never seen anything that would get me confused into thinking it's a UFO before, let alone really? for sure seeing a UFO before. Yeah. Um, I've since, so I've, I started looking online and they say that it's a Starlink, uh, the satellite launch. There was a Starlink launch. And during those exact minutes, there was like, there was like a five minute window where you could see it. And I guess just something about that, like they're, they're not reflective at certain angles and you just made it look like it disappeared. The weird thing, though, was that my phone didn't record it. So either (laughs) the government or UFOs came down, swooped me up, probably poked all my holes, and then got rid of my video. (laughs) Or I did that fucking thing again where I pressed the button to record it, but I just stopped it. Like, do you do that? Like, I do that only when it's important. I don't record it. That actually came up in the Rittenhouse trial. There was a guy that recorded the whole thing. He's like, I didn't, didn't save. (laughs) <laughs> well two things so it's probably because you got the pegasus on your phone you that's know, probably to, that's probably it yeah uh, about and then second, that's that israeli software alan's being funny yeah uh the second thing is so i only ever had one sort of experience like that and i'm pretty sure it was a meteor but mm-hmm. so i was that's what i thought at first but there was no like there was no streaking behind it and it was going it wasn't going the direction it was pointing you know what i mean yeah i got you so I was backpacking in the Ventana Wilderness. I don't know if you know where that is. It's like by uh, Big Sur. Okay. Um, 
and it was it was nighttime. I don't. It, it probably wasn't that late, but it was pitch black, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're out in the woods. We already set up camp, and we're just kind of walking around, wandering around. And all of a sudden, there was there wasn't any sound, but there was a light that was so bright it lit up the entire Whoa. like area like it was daylight. Really? Um. Yeah. Um. And it was quick. It was like a couple of seconds, and then it was gone. And I looked at my cousin, and I was like. What just happened? Yeah. He's like, I, I don't know. The fact that there's <laughs> no the sound, that's pretty alarming, right? Like, that's, Yeah, and, and because yeah. it was, I mean, it was fast, but the, I mean, it was so bright. Yeah. Uh, which would, it seemed to indicate that it was close, which if it were, you would think you would hear something. Right, because if it was a meteorite landing, right. it would have, it, it would, that sounds like it would be loud if it was that bright. You know, there's, the right. brightness would be a it byproduct would, of the heat energy. And I would think that <laughs> that would be a noisy, wow. Yeah, so that was weird. I think I was like 15 years old when that happened. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah. I just have one last thing from the weekend. Yeah. I found out how Kentucky Petra is. Because you know I got this dog in Kentucky, right? Oh, yeah. She, she was, uh, she was obsessed with my glass of whiskey. I like, wouldn't leave it alone. <laughs> Finally, I was like, oh, I'll dip my finger in it. And I figured, you know, once the alcohol gets close to her nose, she'll be like... <laughs> mm-hmm. You know those sounds? Oh, I would assume so. Yeah. Dog, yeah. Nope, right for it. And I was like, okay, well, there's no way. Now that you know, and I do another <laughs> finger, and she's like, <laughs> I'm like, well, third time's the charm. She's like, <laughs> and then she just like ran around for a minute and then went and laid down, and that was it for the night. But she wow. did not throw up. Yeah, I would assume a dog would be very like, like as soon as they would smell it, they'd back off. They wouldn't want to be anywhere not near. Not these Kentucky dogs, man. Those Kentucky dogs, no. man. It's in their blood. Yeah, it is. It's it. Well, it wasn't her blood. Yeah. And, yeah. now just be careful, you... man. They have small livers, you know. She barely had any. Yeah, I know. She's, she's fine. I'm not going to try to get Just don't, yeah. like, if she's really into it, just don't set your cup down uh, and let her really go, uh, right. Know, go for it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because now I know, yeah. Well, you want to get into these sounds? Let's get into the sounds. Okay. Um, I have a... Uh, I I, I like I want to start off with this one. It's a little philosophical. It's kind of what we uh, do with this show. I don't know if you played this one yet. I have not heard this one. Okay, so it's kind of on, you know, like when when you think of the cliche of like my politics I bring to the show is libertarianism, um, and when you think of the cliche of libertarians, it's like oh the free market will fucking solve everything, um, <laughs> and like even I don't believe that, um, but I mean I prefer that. Does that make sense? And sure. I thought this was a good example of why I prefer that and what I think it means. I always do this. I never explain the clips. <laughs> um, so this is that guy, Naval. Remember I talked to him a while ago? He's like, a, yeah. yeah. So um, this is the uh, name of this episode is Free Markets Provide the Best Feedback. Mark Andreessen summarizes this nicely as strong opinions loosely held. So as a society, if you're truth-seeking, you want to have strong opinions, but very loosely held. You want to try them, see if they work, and then error correct if they don't. But instead, what we get is either strong opinions, strongly held, which is the intolerant minority, or we get weak opinions, loosely held, which is the compromise model where no one really takes blame, no one gets credit, no one gets to try the way that they want to. What do you think? He goes on to talk about socialism, and I don't think it's going to be helpful for the listeners. What? Um, what I think uh, that I, you know, what? I'm always I'm always suspicious of of somebody that talks in binaries mm-hmm. um, and says you know there's only two options here. Um, I don't think I, he's I saying understand. there's only. He's clearly a clumper, right? Like there's splitters and clumpers when it comes to like the way you kind of look at the world, and right. he's describing that through a clumper mentality through that lens. Yeah, yeah. So the compromise. 
So strong opinions, strongly held, weak opinions, weakly held, or weak, strong opinion. What was it? <laughs> Here. Strong opinions, strongly held, weak opinions, weakly yeah. held. I don't know. There was a third one. I only heard two. Strong opinions, loosely held. Strong op- opinions, oh. loosely held. Because you can be flexible. Okay. And I think that's... Oh, I mean, there is three. I, okay, so we wasn't talking in binaries, actually. Okay. No. I feel like that's us. Like, I come here with some pretty fucking strong opinions, but, you know, they're loosely held because I want to have room for the ideas that you might share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that every situation um, is different and that maybe a, a different approach might be more effective depending on the situation. You know, I'm, I'm reminded that... Uh, Bob Dole recently passed. We'll Bob talk Dole. about that later in the show. Bob, Bob Dole. Dole. Um, and there's a lot of people saying, you know, he was one of the last uh, great American statement, statesmen. And he was a statesman. Yeah. That's sure. weird to say. Um, and he was you know, willing Wait, willing to compromise. You know, that was the thing about Biden, they said, too. Right? He could re- reach across the aisle and come to an agreement. Um, so I guess that would be the, the weekly held, right? That would be the, the, the more person yeah. willing to compromise. Yeah. Which I think... In, a, in a, a government as large as ours, that is probably a more useful characteristic. Um, but so it, it's, I think it, it depends based on, on what kind of decision you're trying to make or what kind of uh, what you're trying to come to. Does that sure. make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it is a good starting point to have. Oh, I agree. Exposed the to, strong idea yeah. loosely held. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have, I think we both sort of have that. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. those things over those things are, um, you know, there's a Venn diagram with that and whatever your they personal overlap. beliefs. Well, but like that can be that strong opinions weakly held can map onto whatever your beliefs are. Like it doesn't have to be something that's you know, uh, a description of my political beliefs or your political beliefs. Like you can carry that. And you oh can yeah. Teach that to anyone, and then that that becomes almost like. Um, like a Rosetta Stone, like we can talk to each other because we know that we have mm. strong opinions loosely held. Uh, there's still strong opinions, you, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Be- but because we were willing to at least hear the other side, that's that's a, a starting place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And consider that as a possibility. Yeah. yeah right. I see that. Yeah. yeah. Or, I like it. Yeah. Thanks. Um, speaking of someone who I hope is being held strongly right now, uh, this is going to be a hard <laughs> turn, Alan. Hold on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that was either an elephant or tire spinning. I really couldn't tell you. We got a voice message that I think best sets up a topic that I don't have a headline for on this week's show. The big oh, no. trial right now is fucking Jislane Mask Mask no, Max Jelaine. Okay, the S is and silent. I get, okay, and I get I get a news list every fucking morning, and I'm like, oh look, another news day where they don't talk about the Maxwell trial. I, we don't have cameras in there. I guess we don't know what happened. Like the only thing uh, that we know is that she drew a picture of the sketch artist. That's what I don't know. That's what I know from this last week. Because like the know, New York but... Times did a thing on it. They 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 did an episode Monday morning, and I was like, cool. Here's some information. And it was like, yeah. Well. I knew all of that before, and now I just feel gross. Like, there's no new information, and it makes me feel uncomfortable to have to relearn this shit. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to play I this audio, that, but I want to hear what you're going to say. No, I was just going to say that The Daily did do an episode, but you already said that. So Was, was there like anything was, new was, there? Uh, I suppose not really. So, But I'm just, just saying that the media wasn't completely bearing it. You know, like, it was. there was a, a main MSM, um, you know... Um, media outlet that was actually talking about it whether there was anything new to say. i don't know if there's anything new to talk about like 
I've read some about the case. I don't give me updates on the case. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, here, um, let, let's hear what he has to say, and then we'll actually respond to that. Okay. Hey guys, uh, this is Ryan Ricketts, um, longtime caller, first time listener. Uh, just a question for you. Um, maybe if you talk for the show, uh, but why are so many conservatives I know obsessed with this trial? Like, do they realize that Trump is involved or not? And I just don't understand why they're salivating at their teeth for this when he's been in like numerous photos. And I think something just came out with like a airport or a pilot or a limousine driver or something. So just curious what your thoughts are. Um, thank you for your podcast. Um, I greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thank you for being one of our 12 listeners. Hey, thank you for being you, man. Yeah. He's the best. That's, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, so I, I've had the same thoughts. It's like, do you do know that, like, if she goes down, like, he's definitely, like, being tainted by this. There's no way he's not. I mean, I think that it's, it's, I mean, how does a magician trick you? You know, they, they, Distraction. they, they focus your attention somewhere else and then they, they do the thing that, that's the trick when you're not, when your attention is elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. I think that, for people who are conspiratorially minded, mm-hmm. they see this as that. They see this as um, uh, the the attention being focused elsewhere while people are getting away with shit. For for conservatives that are so, as he says, like frothing at the mouth about this thing. Uh, same with the whole Epstein didn't kill himself, which, by the way, I think is totally. funny and, and yeah. entirely possible. Yeah. But um, I think that they see this as another example of the media controlling a narrative as opposed to just reporting the news. Uh, and, and for them, you know, the whole MSM thing is that the media is not actually giving you the news They're They are selling you the narrative of whoever's in power, right. Or the, or whoever they would prefer to be in power. And so this is just another, this is exhibit, you know, a, B, or C, so they can ignore their, their guy maybe being implicated because, they yes. disregard the media telling them that that's what happened. Right. Or they, they mm. yeah. It's so they can ignore that entirely because I mean, they ignore everything yeah. entirely. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to say they, you know, as in other, but they kind of are. Um, well, but do you follow me there? Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, it's hard to. Uh, I mean, we've struggled with this for years now, right? Like, this, there's, there's two, what is it? One screen, two movies? Yeah. Or like, I, I think Matto calls it like Planet One, Planet Two, or Planet okay. A, Planet B kind okay. of thing. We're not, or not there's a just Matto quoting podcast. I, I know, there. but what I'm saying is that yeah, there are definitely two narratives. There's alternative facts, right? Uh-huh. It's just like yeah, um, right. Know, so this kid, it's world. like yeah, we, everything that she did that she'll get uh, convicted of will include him, and I'll ignore that last thing I said. Yes. Yeah, wow. Yes. Do you know what this reminds me of? I, maybe this won't work. Uh, we both worked at Bad Bath and Beyond. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anything that's called crystal, like glass, not meth. Uh-huh. Uh, anything that's called <laughs> crystal has lead in it, right? Uh-huh. But they sell something called lead-free crystal. Mm-hmm. And people be like, well, what's that mean? I'm like, this is easy. You can do a math equation for you right here. I'm going to write down crystal, which is glass plus lead. All right. And then we're going to subtract lead. And what do we have? Oh, glass. Like, it's like they're just doing that. They're like, oh, somebody did this. Yeah, but your person's there. It's like, well, we'll call it Trump free jizz lane. Like, it's totally fine. Like, I just, you know. I think that works. Yeah, kind of. You know what's annoying about all that crystal stuff all is all the, abuse. the Prop 66 signage you had Prop to put 65. Up. You, you know what's annoying oh, about 65. that yeah. is in Tennessee, we have to see that sticker on fucking everything. So in Tennessee, we have to see warnings. The state of California says this might give you cancer, which means... 
really everywhere that things are made that are sold in California, just by chance that it's going to be in California, they put one of those fucking stickers on it. It's so fucking mm. dumb. Half the packaging I open up for work, there's all this Prop 65 literature. I'm like, Tennessee, you're making us look like, like <laughs> you would not like being well, judged the way that you are in everywhere else in the country because yeah. they're just these fucking Californians with their stupid warning labels. What's the free market working, dude? Is like, it? You know, c- companies aren't That's gonna, the opposite you know. of the free market working. <laughs> that... Oh, you set me up. You did it on purpose and I felt I was, tr- oh was kind of trying to trigger you, not going to lie. Oh, I hate you so much. I'm moving on. <laughs> I'm moving on. Okay. All right. I'm going to turn this car around. Hmm. Um, I, okay. Uh, well, speaking of Trump, I have some audios. I actually have, uh, this will go from Trump into Biden into the Supreme Court. So let's start with this first uh, Trump audio. Um... Trump was being interviewed recently. I don't think it was uh, Stephanopoulos. We have that. Um, <laughs> this is when... No, so who did Stephanopoulos talk to? That, oh, that's Baldwin. Um, Bal- ju- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My clip's confused. All right. So here, here's Trump uh, two days ago talking to... Is there a guy called Levin on Fox? Uh, I'm not familiar. Isn't that something that you don't do to bread? No, you're supposed to. Oh, but mana. so unleavened bread is the cracker kind. Yeah. Oh, that's. That I mean, offensive. I mean cracker like not. Yeah, not I the... understand. All right. Well, speaking of crackers, the most incredible okay. things. Don't forget, I fired Comey. Had I not fired Comey, you might not be talking to me right now about a beautiful book of four years at the White House, and we'll see about the future. The future is going to be very interesting, but I fired Comey. That whole group. And now that group is coming back again? I mean, it's not believable. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. Shouldn't be allowed to happen. What the fuck is he talking about? That whole group of people are coming back. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. Um, So I just, the, the reason that clip jumped out at me and it's on the show is Trump says, I fired Comey. Uh, I fired Comey. And if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be sitting here, um, I wouldn't be sitting here, standing here talking to you today. And I was like, God, that sounded so fucking familiar. Like, I swear I've heard him say that before. And then I was like, so, so sorry. That's what I thought when I first heard this, right? Then I mm. went to search for the clip to add it into the show notes. And I just typed in, in quotes, Trump fired Comey. That'll cover it, right? It's a one day old uh, news <laughs> sure. story. Well, most of what you see when you Google that, or at least if you put it into the Twitter machine, is videos from 2017, 2018, 2019, saying the exact same thing. I fired Comey, and if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be standing in front of you right now. Saying that exact same thing again. Like, if it right. weren't for that. And I just got to say, what is he talking about? Because it sounds like an admission of obstruction of justice. It sounds it like he's sound saying, like if that. I didn't fire him, I would have been convicted, I'd be in prison, and I wouldn't be here. It does sound like that, doesn't it? Is- um, so, so I'm going to attempt to explain what Trump is talking about, which is not always the easiest thing to do. <laughs> um, so, if you recall, there was the whole deep state narrative, mm-hmm. uh, um, in which the FBI and and other state agencies were actively attempting to undermine uh, the Trump administration, or that that was the narrative that he was trying mm-hmm. to espouse. Um, and so, this is part of that. Uh, in other words, what he was saying is that the deep state, as it were, uh, was doing everything in its power to delegitimize his administration and eventually topple That's it. That's those same people yes. being around? Okay. Yeah. And so he's saying that if he had not fired him, 
uh, him as the the leader of this uh, merry band of misfits was was intent on taking out his administration, and so he wouldn't be here because he would no longer have been the president. Hmm. I, I believe again. I, I'm I'm attempting to uh, translate the the words of a madman here, but that's well. Is he, he's great at that, right? Is saying something that sounds like he's saying the thing that's damning, but it really wasn't. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, so I've got more of him. So Chief okay. of Staff Mark Meadows was in the news. A um, <clears throat> couple of things, a couple of stories. I think we're going to talk about one on the next show. Well, I don't know. Um, so Mark Meadows has a book that came out, right? Alan, who's Mark Meadows? Chief of Staff. I already said that. Uh, yes. Mark Meadows has a book coming out where he says that the ex-president, former blogger, current tech bro. <laughs> my gut, do I have it right? Yes, yes I think that actually. Okay. Uh, Accurately describes it, yes. Okay. Ex-president, current tech bro, tested positive, then negative for COVID-19 ahead of the first Mm -hmm. debate with Joe Biden. So I think the debate was on the 29th. The first positive test was on the 26th. Then they claim there was a negative test Mm -hmm. and that they were like, well, if we got a positive and a negative, we'll just go with the negative. Just ignore the fact that he clearly (laughs) had symptoms in that debate. Um, right. So let me play this. Do you have anything more on that before we get further in? So he interacted with like hundreds of people. Oh, they did some trade. They counted like 500 people that he interacted with. Yeah. In those days. Including wasn't the it gold star, star families, gold, gold star, gold star families. families. Yeah. yeah. And he went and claimed after that, that the reason he got COVID was shaking hands with the gold star families. Yes. Dude. Yes, I mean, it does sound like he's blaming the troops. No. Yes. Okay. It when it was families. him, it was sick and he knew, but he knew he had a positive test before then. Right, right. Dude, that's so, they, like, that's, I, it's not criminal, I'm not going to be hyperbolic, but that's so fucking sleazy. They didn't even let the inner circle know. So basically, Mark Meadows and was Trump just were like, people, was like hinting at everyone else, like, avoid him like he has COVID. Right, right. Um, and then you had all these people get sick in the White House. So Yeah, because like, yeah, that uh, was the same uh, night as his Rose Garden. Yeah, uh, the super spreader event yeah, with ACB. Yeah, ACB. Yeah. Uh, good thing that all worked out. Um, okay, so Meadows is is interesting. He's so he at first he defied the subpoena for the January six hearing. Mm-hmm. Then because he was claiming presidential privilege, then executive privilege, executive yes. pr- privilege, and then he began working with the January six committee. He provided some like texts and stuff like that. I think. Okay, and then then he released this, and- this book, which should undermine the, his privilege is executive privilege claim because if he can't talk about his dealings with the president but then you release a book talking about to your the dealings public, with the president yeah. I don't think you have privilege anymore um and then now he's back to defying the committee again well I I want to say this is right I believe that he then said I will I will appear but I'm going to just plead the fifth on everything and they were like okay well that's fine if you want to do that we're got, we're going to you know ask you lots of questions and you're going to have to dance around that yeah right that's uh, the whole like we know that you guys are going to fucking deny shit like, like that's easy right. to say when you're not in front of the people so and then he just said no i'm just not going to show up hmm. so he he's gone back and forth back and forth he is from what i hear he's very much on that libertarian side of republican republicans um so I like, that's true yeah. at, at times i'm like oh, yeah Fuck them. Let them tell you what to do. Fucking government. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hit play. This is a comedian, Joey Via Gomez. He's been a guest on Hunk with Mike Bridenstine a few times. And uh, I saw this on my Instagram reel as this news was breaking. Definitely give him a follow. Yeah, like, man, when Donald Trump caught COVID, that shit was funny, man. Can you hear he it? believing it. And then he had yeah. it. And he was trying to lie to people and saying he didn't have it. 
Like, yeah, you do. Did you notice when he had it, all the camera, like every time he did like a little speech, the cameras were like three blocks away now and shit. <laughs> you just see his little ass body up in the door. Oh, I'm okay. No, you're not. You're sick. And then he went into the White House and gave everybody that shit. Like, you're an asshole for that, right? Like, people that work on the other end got it. Like, they ain't even in the same wing with him. They got that shit from Donald Trump is that kid that gave the whole classroom lice. That's that motherfucker. <laughs> He gave everybody field holes. That's that motherfucker right there. Right? <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah, it was, motherfucker. I like his Trump voice. <laughs> sound like George Lopez. Everybody knows Dude. the kid that got the lights. This <laughs> it wasn't me, bro. Do you remember even beyond that when so... By the way, they, they also lied about how serious... Dude, uh, they were talking about like his oxygen levels were like way lower than they said it was. All those yeah. doctors, so all he, they did is lie. This is the same as like, um, <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, what does Taibbi call it? Moscowification or uh, Sovietization? Yeah, Sovietization. Yeah. But so I'm, re- I'm recalling the... Uh, so he had to go to Walter Reed, yeah. if you remember. Yeah, he did his little bust. It was so little, bad. Yeah. And they remember he did the little victory lap yeah. around yeah. to wave at all his fans, yeah. subjecting like Security. four Secret Service yeah. agents to be in a car with him yeah. as he drove around. Yeah. This guy, I mean, we already knew, I think, who he was, but like this is just like another. Well, to be fair, they did say they would take a bullet for him to be Secret Service. So, I mean, I that's guess different. that's like a step down, right? Like, well, they didn't expect to take a bullet that he was firing. I don't no, think. Oh, I mean, damn. Alan with the hot takes. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Ooh, that's spicy. I can't even touch my pen with that. Ooh. Um, so the big outrage over the week of when this news broke was he was trying. There's a spectrum, right? There's it's not that big of a deal. He shared space with him. He wasn't like spitting on him all the way to he was literally trying to kill him. And then I think there's probably the most reasonable take that we'll probably agree on is I, I bet he knew. I bet he knew by then because he had symptoms. If it got as bad as it was, it wasn't like two days later it got that bad. Oh um, no, yeah. And he and in, if he knew, he probably didn't mind if it got Joe Biden sick. I think that's the best way to say that. Most charitable. I agree. Yes. Okay. I, I, I well, and also in his worldview, I think that he didn't really think it was that big of a deal. Well, like, I think he that just... he thought that it would make it would make Joe Biden look weak if he got sick. That's. I mean. That's yes, I would definitely, I, I would definitely um, say that's probably was part of his thinking as well. Yes, and if it didn't, with two people standing on the stage right next to each other, p- p- perhaps some of our measures at trying to curb this outbreak maybe have been a little bit more willing to. I know, I know, I know, I know. They were socially distanced. Okay, all right. Well, they were standing on stage for a fucking hour together. I mean, like, okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> they should have both worn masks and. Uh, they should have, yes. Uh, that would have been funny, actually. Um, oh, told you we'd have some Biden stuff. Uh, so let me get this to open. There'll probably be an ad, and then we'll play a little bit of Joe Biden here. And so, I don't know what this is because I haven't, I haven't heard. Oh, this. you've probably heard this. He wasn't. He himself wasn't sounding too well. But this was just this week. Because of my actions, the actions of my administration has taken. Can you believe that's him? This is not doctored. It's, it's sexy. Uh, so I actually heard this live. And oh, really? I was like, yeah, I was like, what? What is this? Is he, did he get like a new vocal processor? Who is he got this some Howard woman? Stern shit. Yeah, like, what's going put on? Put the here? reverb on, um, wet to the 100. <laughs> it's just he had a cold. I mean, I, I, play I think the, he sounds I'm better. Because yeah. of my actions, the actions of my administration has taken in partnership with business. Well, not so sexy, though. With private business and labor, 
<clears throat> retailers and grocery stores, and freight movers and railroads. Here's your guy, Ducey. Uh, your voice sounds a little mm. different. Are you okay? I'm okay. I have a test every day to see a COVID test. I have a checking for all the strains. What I have is all the strains. One and a half. I know he said all the strains, but he's getting checked for all the strains. <laughs> strange is slang for pussy. You know, nothing like some strange. To, yeah, you got to get checked for all the strange. One yeah. and a half year old grandson who had a cold who likes to kiss his pop. <laughs> and he'd been kissing in my anyway, so uh, but it's just a cold. Likes to kiss his pop, Alan. That's all. That kind of grosses me out. It really bit, grosses right? me out, and I don't know how to make a joke about it without it like canceling. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when he was flubbing around at the beginning of that, actually, that wasn't the best version. There was this one part where he's like, and you're like, I don't know what that word was. I don't know what that word was. But I did. It, I didn't have a clip that had that and the question from Ducey. Um, uh, nice. But that flub, that, part. that flub uh-huh. really reminds me of this. Let me see if you remember this. So today. Because it's, it's not just, because it, it's not just, uh, it's not just, it's not just Biden that has these problems. You know, maybe, maybe you, maybe you remember this from the greatest hits from the, the, the ex-president, the current, current tech bro. Political and religious, Israeli <laughs> and Palestinian, Jewish and Christian and Muslim to join us in the noble quest for lasting peace. Thank you. God bless you. God bless Israel. God bless the Palestinians. And God bless the United States. Thank you. The United States. <laughs> well, I like the political and the religious. Yeah. Uh, also, that was that was pretty good. Nailed it. Yeah. 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 Um, hey, well, you know what, though? If, uh, if, Joe, if Joe goes down... We don't have to worry because the conspiracy webs already know what's happening. This is a new one for me. I like this. So I will give to you verbatim the conspiracy theory rumor that is floating around. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Kamala Harris will resign as vice president. <clears throat> and it will be um, family, mental health, health, something. And she will be richly rewarded. Again, I'm telling you verbatim what is being said. She will get a $25 million mansion in return. And uh, she'll be set up. <laughs> what? Uh, according to the 25th Amendment, then uh, the president can elect or appoint a new vice president. It does have to be approved by the full House of Representatives and the Senate. So the thinking is, and I, I don't know why, I don't know how it would work, but the thinking is, Hillary Clinton, vice president, Joe resigns, she's president, done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just putting it out there because that's what people are saying. I'm not. Oh, fuck, man. Those guys are funny. This man said absolutely nothing. Nope. That, nope. <laughs> that he also clip. said she'd get a $25 said, million dollar mansion, and then his next sentence starts with the 25th Amendment. So it's just numbers, man. Right. I just, I'm just hearing right. the, like, this is verbatim what they're saying. I'm just making things up as I go, but it's verbatim what they're saying. Right. Right. Who is they? Uh, there's yeah. That, that that's uh, it's amusing. It, um, yes. Yeah. I think they make another appearance, so we'll come back to them. Um, okay. All right. Well, um, this is going to be a uh, another another hard left turn. So going mm. uh, elephant noises. Or maybe or right turn. Well, it, the more first one was a left turn. This is a right turn. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Alan, Supreme Court heard case cases this week. Several cases actually. One of the cases was about a guy in Texas who is on death row and he found Jesus. He's not arguing about his um, 
guilt or not. But he, he wants, wants to have his uh, minister present when he's yeah. you know, murdered by the state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> and there's like no because it can add complications, and who knows if they die right if we do it that way. It's like, can you give us an example of that? Like, um, but that's not why you're here for. We're here for the abortion case, Mississippi um, state of Mississippi health versus, uh, or excuse me, Mississippi abortion clinic versus Dobbs. Um, and we should be familiar with Dobbs because as we've been familiar with Roe for 50 years, we will have to be familiar with referencing Dobbs as it appears that Roe versus Wade will be overturned based on the line of questioning during the oral arguments. Um, the judges have since scurried off into their, uh, groundhog holes and are <laughs> working on their, um, their opinions is all right, but... So if I if I set it up, am I just going to say the same thing that they're going to say in this clip? Why don't you set probably? Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. So let's, I'm just going to do the clip then. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Ready. Nice. This is the biggest abortion case that the court has heard in decades uh, since the last time it was asked to reconsider the precedent set in Roe v. Wade, which said that a woman had a constitutional right to an abortion. So that's not true. It it didn't say that a woman has a constitutional right to an abortion. Actually, that's the problem with Wade, with Roe versus Wade. That's the reason we're fucking here is because they were like, uh, forget about the Constitution. Technically, you and your doctor can do something and nobody else has a right to know. And like if you kind of like squint a little, you could see how like this thing in the Constitution really means this. And if you believe that, then that means this. And it's like, you know what? They picked the wrong argument to to make abortions legal federally in all 50 states and before that it was a state-by-state decision many states allowed it many states didn't um it obviously didn't go over well for the supreme court to make a decision for all 50 states over something so controversial uh and and because of that it wasn't other things like lifestyle type things like recognizing that gay people have just as much of a right to have to to have a marriage uh, people understood that once you legalize it. You're like, oh, wow, that was kind of rude of me. I didn't realize that. But there was no eye-opening moment later where people were like, oh, yeah, abortions are totally fine. If you thought that it was killing a baby, that wouldn't change because the Supreme Court said so. Not saying I believe that, but do you follow? Uh, yeah, I guess I guess I follow in some ways. The presumption of saying that, they, that a woman has a, a constitutional right to an abortion, that he said there, this is the Washington Post uh, judicial reporter, Supreme Court reporter, that that's not, that's the problem is that's not what was decided in Roe versus Wade. And that's why we're here. If they determined that they would, there wouldn't be an argument. Well, what it did establish was that states weren't allowed to uh, legislate uh, laws that would, would not allow women to seek this medical care, um, you know, prior to, the third trimester, I believe, right? More, viability. more or less. They move, they put right, the viability. data viability. Yeah. Right. Um, it, so, and so, first trimester. I mean, I guess the thing is that every time you have a Supreme court, third. uh, justice nominated, they, they go in front of Congress and they get, you know, hit with questions, um, by both sides for hours and hours and hours on end. And they're always asked about this. And every single one of them says, this is established judicial law. Like this is, this is established. There's nothing to say here. Um, it's done. Uh, they say that like to Bar- a person. Barrett, Barrett didn't say that. They tried well, to get her to say that. Kavanaugh did. Yeah. Like, like virtually everyone says yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so 
it it has been accepted as a legal precedent for since the 70s for over 50 years in this country um and i i mean i don't want to say i i called this but i kind of i there's, there's I talked a little about this bit on the show yeah yeah there's a little bit more get into that after this okay okay Okay, all right, In that all right. case, 1992, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, the court said that states do have an interest in restricting abortion, but that the states can't impose an undue burden on that woman's right uh, before the time of viability, meaning when the fetus could survive outside right. the womb. Mississippi's argument is that Roe was wrongly decided 50 years ago, that Planned Parenthood v. Casey just reaffirmed uh, that wrongness. So what is the abortion provider's argument? Well, they say that the court has provided a constitutional right to abortion for 50 years now, and that the court has never taken back a constitutional right, and that there is no reason for the court to change anything that it's done. So yeah, we're talking about viability. So I believe it's like 24 weeks right now. and yeah, and the Mississippi around, law is yeah. 15, so much earlier than viability. And you may be tempted to say, well, let's just let Mississippi do theirs at 15. Or perhaps we could say, you know, 15 is still, what are we looking at? Just under four months? So just under four months in About there. four months, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And it, I think I saw a statistic that 95% of all abortions that are done right now are done before 15 weeks with 5% coming afterwards. Um, sure. Maybe you can say like, Hey, what are we arguing about? Okay. Let's change it to 15. Uh, except that changes existing law, like you were saying. Um, and we all know well, damn well that the people that are making this argument aren't going to stop at 15. They're going to move it to another number and another number. Yeah. So, and, and so the opposition argued, uh, saying that, if this is a constitutional right, then just because it only affects 5% of, of people who would, you know, choose to use this right, um, doesn't matter. Uh, so let's say there is a constitutional right to vote and a state enacts a law that prohibits 5% of its population from voting uh, that should be allowed to vote. It doesn't matter if it's 5%. It doesn't matter if it's 1%. Sure. If it's a constitutional right, it's a constitutional right. Yeah, here, this is some um, of their argument here. Okay. On that subject. The nature of fundamental rights is that it's not left up to state legislatures to decide whether to honor them or not. And it's true, different rules would prevail throughout the country if this court were to overrule Roe and Casey. But what that would mean is that women in those states who are refusing uh, to honor their rights and who are forcing them to continue to use their bodies to sustain a pregnancy and then to bring a child into the world will have no recourse other than to travel if they're able to afford it uh, or to attempt abortion outside the conflict of the medical system or to have a child uh, even though that was not the best choice for them and their family which so there's a number of things there so one is like you know it's a means test like if you don't have the means to you're stuck with a baby i think the bottom line there is this isn't going to reduce the number of abortions this will reduce the number of safe abortions uh, yes, I, that, that's yes. And um, some of the questions that the judges were asking, specifically Barrett was asking questions along the lines of like, well, um, what, what do they call that? How most states allow you to like safe harbor, law. safe harbor laws. And it's like that takes no bearing into the account of, you know, nine months of pregnancy, any complications that can come from that. And the argument is, oh, well, you know, abortions can have complications, not as much as carrying a baby for nine months. Uh, it just it, it isn't the same. You know, it's not like also. 
like you're not even factoring in the mental health mm-hmm. of of the you know the person carrying the baby right who has to go through the that is forced to carry forced against their will and, and uh, yeah yeah yep to, to carry the baby yeah. uh to you know to pregnancy and then the you know there, there it's clearly documented that there's a lot that happens between an infant and a child once it's uh, an infant. I'm sorry, an infant and, and his mother. mother yeah. Once it's born, like chemically, and like yeah. But the, the argument that are... people would make is good. You should feel that, and then you should have keep your baby. <laughs> right. These are the that. same people. But this that... is all. These are all just moral choices that are fine for you, but you don't have any right to impose that on somebody else. No, no. These are the same people that want you know when a woman goes to get an abortion in certain areas, they 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 force them to you know go through this whole like, yeah indoctrination thing yeah. and have to think about watch it a video for a day or stuff, two. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, that's better than not letting you do it, but yeah, I agree. But like, but that, that's what you get when you let the state decide whether you can do something or not. And I'm saying the word state, but I mean like the federal government or even the fucking, even the, the state. I think that I, I am radically pro-choice on everything. I talk about it all the time. I'm pro-choice with guns. I'm pro-choice with drugs. I'm pro-choice with abortion. I think that, and, and my reason here. Actually, my reason with all those examples is because the government is terrible at at deciding like what what's good for me. Right. So it's true with this one too. Like I don't care what you think is right about abortions or not. You don't want the state in charge of that. It seems something. I mean, different. it's interesting that a lot of the people that are, you know, pro you know, anti pro choice um, are also like oh that they don't say that anymore. It's not pro-choice. It's abortion rights, right? Because if but you say pro-choice, saying, it sounds like you also think people should be able to choose if you vaccinated or not. I'm, so, I'm not joking. They don't say pro-choice anymore. They say abortion okay. rights okay. now. Okay, my my point was that a lot of the people who are on the side of saying a woman should not have the right to choose mm-hmm. are also the same people that would say my body, my choice when it comes to a vaccine mandate, mm-hmm. which is like hypocritical at like it the highest level yeah yeah so like you'd said bracing for this most likely to be overturned um i feel like this next clip is a good perspective to keep in mind like i ranted about early kind of going into this you know perhaps this never should have been something that was a decision for the supreme court you know it it, it, this could have been legislated this could have gone through congress well so here's the problem this could have a constitutional amendment right is that what you're going to say was the constitutional? No. Ah, all right. That's not what I was going to say. I mean, I, it could, it could, it, it could have. That's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is the problem is that our legislators don't do shit. They don't legislate. Right. Um, no, no, so exactly. That's not- what I'm saying. Yeah. And so it had to go to the the. So the legislators don't so, do shit. The executive doesn't want to get caught in that. And so then it goes to the Supreme Court, and then the executive well, can exec- sta- stuff the court with who he wants, right? Is that where you're going right. with that? But yeah. the executive can't do anything that's long-lasting, because right. as soon as the executive's out of power and the other side's in power, right. then all that stuff just gets reversed. The only way to do anything that actually has some staying power is either legislation. But the courts don't want the- that. They even lamented this with their questions. They're like, "Why we're I becoming mean, we're politicized. It, it reduces uh, it know. reduces their they don't have any authority. We say this all the time. We don't have to listen to the Supreme Court. <laughs> I know. know. There is no like Supreme Court military. There's no like, poli- you know, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I do. OK. Um, well, I mean, they are part of the Justice Department. Yeah, right. Which, OK. So I so mean. so there could be a constitutional amendment that would require two thirds of the states and then three quarters of the Senate to get a constitutional amendment passed. That will never that'll happen. That will never happen. Yeah. 
I don't. I can't. But they can reduce that, anything. right? They can make it a simple majority and then two thirds. It doesn't oh, have to okay. make it easy, but that could. Do you follow me? More yeah, more constitutional amendment takes the shit away from the courts. That's more difficult than getting rid of the filibuster. Like that's that's Is it? never like. I can't. I'll be honest. I cannot imagine a a constitutional amendment of any kind happening in my entire lifetime. <laughs> I just don't. I just. I there, there's never going to be another one. Like how? Yeah, that means we're going to have to suffer through. Supreme Court justices. Wait, like, oh, this was all setting up a clip. So this is an oh, example okay. of, of um, you know, what, what this is somebody else saying what I just said. <laughs> Interestingly, our Roe v. Wade, that the court in 1973 makes this very huge, you know, liberal decision on abortion. The country never accepts it. And it's caused this cultural political mm. rift in the country Created by the court in the first place, because, of course, without Roe v. Wade, just worth reminding people, it's not that abortion becomes illegal in the United States. It's that simply there is no federal law on abortion and that states can make their own rules on abortion. Um, But the court generally does not lead the country. Even going back to Brown v. Board of Education, an opinion we all hold uh, quite dear to our country's history and certainly the Supreme Court's history. Schools didn't desegregate the year after Brown v. Board of Education. They didn't desegregate three years after Brown v. Board of Education. There's a real argument that Brown v. Board didn't do a whole lot to desegregate schools, that the country had to catch up. It was 10 plus years. Fucking Georgia, like, just stopped having black proms and white proms like five years ago, I think. When she says that the country never agreed with Roe v. Wade, I, she means as a as a collection, like the the. I mean, yeah, but, our entire life it's been a debate. I had a debate about this in fifth grade. I remember it. There was a girl in my fifth grade class that was passionate about this subject, and I was like, "Look, I don't know anything. It just seems like you shouldn't not." Wait, let what grade? Choose. Fifth grade. We do like a current. Holy event shit! Stop. I know. Fifth grade. I know. I know. I had a cool teacher. Wow. But like, I I just remember because I've always wild. been super talkative and I loved current events, so I was like right. aware, and I was just like, "Look, it sounds pretty awful," but I also don't think you should take away people's choice and she was super religious i remember her her name was uh christy you were such a little libertarian i, um, I, I know actually so, it's weird <laughs> no i think i, I think poll, most polling shows something like 60 percent of americans oh, yeah. don't want yeah. roe v, v wade overturned yeah 60 of americans don't agree on anything yeah, that's a good point like a flavor of ice cream all right like, last last thing on this then is to what okay. you just said. A fraction of Americans conservatives then. If if 60% of the population does not want it overturned, that means a fraction of America's conservatives might end up getting what they want in like June or July when this uh, decision comes out, right? And we should just say that, yes, the, the, the justices seem to telegraph where they're going here. You never know. No, you don't. You never know. Because Roberts, the chief justice, was essentially trying to steer them into saying some kind of a compromise. Like, do we let Mississippi Mm -hmm. do this, but not overturn Roe versus Wade? And basically the response they got from the further questions and the lawyer from Dobbs was like, oh, no, Mr. Supreme Court Justice, you don't understand. This is about overturning Roe versus Wade. So not doing that won't be why we came here. Because uh, that's what Dobbs I, well, is. Dobbs is the high watermark of the anti Roe movement. This is the um, this is the, the 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 Tom Brady of of beating Roe. <laughs> Everything in this movement has been going towards this point, you know, for fifty years. Well, two things. I, I don't think that there is a middle ground here that they can effectively find because other than any saying with uh, uh, what is it, precedents, right? Yeah, so 
So let's say they say, well, okay, we're going to move it from 23 weeks to 15 weeks, and that's going to be the new standard. Roe v. Wade still stands. Um, well, then they're going to get another case that's going to say, well, well, how about 14 weeks? How about 12? How about mm-hmm. 11? Mm-hmm. How about 7? Mm-hmm. Right? And then where where do you draw the line? Well, where, if those are state the by state, then maybe they on? can. Like maybe if that's what they end up saying is every time it's asked – because that would be the compromise every time as it moves down a week to that state, but it's still 15 in this other state. And then you're left with states getting to choose. And that was the there whole point. Li- of, yeah. There are literally states that have like trigger laws on the yep. books where as soon as the courts like change their, their, their rulings on this, yeah. these laws go into effect. Nope. Tennessee's one of them. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, Illinois is right there and we can drive to Illinois in a couple hours. I'm going to get my balls cut off soon anyway, so I don't care. Or what's that called? That's not what you do. <laughs> You don't have to get your balls cut off. That's <laughs> I forgot. Required. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, you keep your balls. Bro. Okay, that's, that's fine. fine. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a fraction of America's conservatives might end up getting what they want in like June or July, which is like three months, what, four months before midterms? Like this, the Republicans are going to, they're going to cut off their nose despite their face. They've got everything going for them going into the midterms. They're going to do this and piss off, like you just said, 60% of the country. And it's gonna it's gonna drive uh, drive voting. It's gonna drive turnout for sure. It certainly would drive turnout. I 100 percent agree with that. I think um, places like Georgia, you know, et cetera. I think it's definitely gonna drive turnout. I, I don't know. This gonna be this sort of apocalypse, um, but maybe maybe it, I I agree definitely that I've it, heard it Republicans have something about to do. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will it, it will definitely have an impact on the election for yeah. sure. Ooh, Can it, I just say one more yeah. thing? Oh about, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so. Um, was it uh, Sandra Day O'Connor? Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, she had some pretty, I thought, impactful remarks and said, uh, how is the court going to survive this? How yeah. is the American public not going to see us as a an I think institution? that's Sotomayor. Sotomayor, oh, Sotomayor, I think, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Is, is Sandra, yeah, yeah, it's Sotomayor. Um, uh, how is the American public not going to see this uh, this uh, institution as just a institution that kind of you know blows with the political winds? You yeah. know, it, it's we're supposed to be you know the third branch of government, uh, and I think she's right. Yeah. I, um, I, I agree completely. There was a, a recent poll that showed that sixty one percent of Americans say the Supreme Court is mainly motivated by politics. That's that's not good. No, yeah, <laughs> that's really not yeah. good. Uh, we talked, I think, last week about people losing faith in institutions. Mm-hmm. This is uh, maybe I mean, the week before too. Yeah, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe a lot of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't. This this is not good. This is not good. Hey, these That's people have public addresses, right? Uh, I would just wait. Where are you going here? Uh, I mean, it just seems like if we have till like June or July, we probably have enough time for like a small group of people to you know plan accordingly. <laughs> These views are Dustin's. <laughs> yeah, sure. Not, these are not endorsed no, by the, this is the only mine. Podcast. Dustin Hare's. Anarchist. <laughs> I don't think you want to say I, that. You just did. They're that, appointed so. for life, Alan. I mean, what are you telling me I have to do? And I said that when the, the, the fucking madness of Trump fucking winning in 2016 oh in three fucking Supreme Court justice nominations. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, this stealing is, and, the Obama one and then not giving the Biden one. Right. Yeah. And this is all McConnell. Yeah. Blame McConnell. You yeah. know what? Vote that fucker out, you guys. Yeah. Let's like do something in Kentucky. Oh, that guy they needs love to him go. There. No. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I I want to I want to do a new topic. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, okay, I know. Right, I, cool. I just had to get that. In. No, I, I appreciate. It. I, I, I we have to have our sake clip of the week. <laughs> I didn't Damn announce it. the pee this time. Let's talk about the first Trump Biden debate today. Fucking doozy. He's such a douche. But at the same, <laughs> he's just. Have you watched the South Park special yet? There's this scene. Cartman has kids, and his kids are like Cartman size, so it looks like Cartman. And uh-huh. Kyle is all grown up, and the kids hate Kyle because they're like, I don't know why. They just fucking hate you, Kyle. Like it's just in their blood. <laughs> That's how I feel when I see Peter Doocy or whichever Doocy this is. I'm just like, I fucking hate you, Kyle. First Trump Biden debate today, but at the second one in 2020, when roughly 220,000 Americans had already died of COVID, Joe Biden said about Trump, anyone who is responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. Is that still the standard now that more Americans have died under President Biden than President <laughs> What a st- He's just so snotty. He, uh, what a douchebag question. Do you want to yeah. hear the rest? Of, do you want to hear her answer? Yes, I, I do. Trump. Well, I think the fundamental question here is, what are you doing to save lives and protect people? Alan, I don't know if you've just said this enough to me, but she is looking pretty hot in this one. <laughs> and she, the former president was suggesting people inject bleach. He apparently reportedly apparently. didn't even share with people he was going to interact with that he had tested positive for COVID himself. He continued to provide a forum for misinformation, which probably led to people not getting, uh, not taking steps forward to get to protect themselves, to wear masks, to eventually get vaccinated. This president has made the vaccine widely available. He's relied on the health, uh, the advice of his health and medical experts, and he is trying to be a part of solving this crisis, getting the pandemic under control. And I think there's a pretty stark difference between their approaches. Uh, to, to be fair, Trump would say he was trying to end the crisis as well. I don't think he appreciate the way he went about it, but. Mm. Hmm. What are you fucking Michael <laughs> Barbaro? <laughs> I don't know if we need to be fair there. Okay. I, I think it's pretty clear that that Trump did a lot to... Um... Wait, that's not the point. Go back to her clip. I didn't mean to derail you. Wait, what? Go on with what you were saying. I got distracted. Oh, so... John Elway's twin- trending on Twitter, so I opened it up to see what happened. I make sure he's not dead. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, no, I don't think we need to be fair there. I, I think that what she says is absolutely 100% accurate. I think that... And I've said this on the show before. I think if Trump had handled fucking COVID better, he probably might have won. I don't know. Uh, in 2020, the he absolutely amplified all the disinformation that was out there. He 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 spoke out of he, he said one thing and then said another. Like he spoke out of both sides of his mouth. He he was at odds with the CDC's direction. With um, you know, um, he he countered all of the professionals in healthcare, uh, public healthcare's advice to the public. Uh, there was never a clear message from the White House of what people should actually do. Um, like, no, this guy, th- no, we, we don't have to be fair there. That's not the same thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just can't be the one that says that all the time. Um, <laughs> oh, Oh, I told you that podcast, the uh, No Agenda, was going to come back up on the show. So, the, oh, yes. uh, so we got a little bit of COVID to get into. Uh, let's start it off with Fauci, um, and clearly uh, he's a liar, Alan. There's tells that he was a liar, uh, and then <laughs> I haven't heard this. This is so well, this is him. So this is uh, first they're setting up uh, Fauci talking about the first case of Omicron. So I want to play Mm. this to get that audio in there, but I backed it up to them talking about it because it said this. 
because this video has been analyzed by many a producer. And Fauci's tongue is darting out between his lips continuously while he's giving this, you know, minute 15 speech. What? And, you know, so there's a lot of people have done the zoom, rotate, enhance. And yeah, yeah, of course. lying. Well, so what people are saying is he's a lizard. He's a lizard. Okay, of course he's a lizard. Of course. But just so you know, CIA analysts, agents in the field are taught from day one. If someone is talking to you and at the end of a statement, they stick their tongue out. That means it's a lie. It's like they're trying to expel the bullshit. (laughs) What the fuck is this? Have you ever heard that? I have never, ever, ever heard that. The amount of shit that he says on this podcast where he's like, everyone knows this for just day one. It's like a go-to trope. By the way, we should point out, when they they say producers on that show, they're talking about their own listeners to help contribute to the show. These aren't like like producers. They're just like like people that listen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like making fun of them for that. Someday we might have a title for people that contribute to the show, and I don't want to <laughs> shit on them too much. He knows this whole whole bucket of bull is coming, so he just has All to right. up right. front. So, <laughs> as some of you may have heard, the, the California and San Francisco Departments of Public Health and the CDC have confirmed that a recent case of COVID-19 among an individual in California individual. was caused by the Omicron variant. He goes way out here on Genomic this sequencing was... Even that, you know, just by, by using these words like an individual, an individual, you know, it, it almost, it has some urgency to it. It's really interesting the words he chooses sometimes. An individual in what? California know, was caused by... Like the way they see the world. Like I can't... Like, I, so to be fair, what? they're not a politics podcast. They're a media deconstruction no. podcast that talks about politics. And actually, while I was listening, while I pulled this clip, I was like, oh, are we like a misinformation and informative podcast then? <laughs> like, do we do what they do about media with like people that are spreading like like pseudo truths? I mean, we do Maybe real sometimes. news too, though. Yeah, sometimes. We do real stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why the way he highlights individual that makes zero sense. I know. Like, oh, I don't... the words they use. You know, he couldn't say person. Yeah, yeah. I know. Person, woman, man, well, camera, TV. TV. They had Nancy Pelosi on, and she said uh, pregnant women, and they had to stop her and say, "Don't you mean uh, birthing person?" And it's like, oh, Jesus oh my Christ. god. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, he's a lizard, and he was lying. Uh, something like that. The oh, impromptu, just asking questions. Ooh. How come you don't hear conservatives talking about their cultural icon, Nicki Minaj, anymore? <laughs> and her cousin's huge balls? Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, her cousin's friend's she, huge yeah. balls. She, he, she was like their poster child. And, for like five minutes. And then she stopped being useful for them, and they put that toy down. Yep. Uh, Australian camps. Oh, man. So I talked. So last week we had that video, that audio uh, about the Australian camps. Was that the week before? I don't remember. That was last week. Okay. So yeah. uh, do you want to set that up a little bit? I'll play the audio. So they have pretty extreme mandates in Australia, and they were actually uh, using the ADF, Australian Defense Force, uh, to transport people to a, uh, I think they had, they called it like some springs place, it sounded like a nice campsite. Yeah, well, they'd speak funny there, so it's called Howard Springs. Uh, Yeah, yeah. so if you weren't vaccinated and like were, was it, so so if you refused to be vaccinated... Then and you got COVID, or if you're like, um, con- if you were, I think like during contact tracing, like if you were suspected, I think they like round people up and just take them there. 
and take him to that yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's an update. Three men have climbed the barbed wire fence to escape the voluntary quarantine. <laughs> voluntary. Why is it a bar- Good morning. We start with breaking news at a Darwin where three people have escaped from the Howard Wait, Hold on. Hold on. I got to pull an audible here because can you understand what she's saying? No. Okay. <laughs> Natasha! Tosh! We getting a, a translator in here? Yeah. Can you help really quick? I need you to translate something. So I can't make out anything they're saying in this video. Uh, right here. Or left Oh, here, we're yeah. sharing headphones. Yeah, we have to. Hey, this Tosh. On the fly. Hi. Okay. Uh, just as needed. I think most of this we'll probably understand, but we'll need some of your help. We start with breaking news at a Darwin where three people have escaped from the Howard Springs COVID quarantine. What? So three people have escaped from the Howard Springs. <laughs> okay. Oh, she's really good at this. Talia Saab is there for us. Talia, good morning. There's a search underway right now. Yes, that's right, Davina. Good morning to you. We've been told the trio scaled the fence in the early hours of this morning. Police receiving reports around 4.40am. Now, major police checkpoints have been set up around Howard Springs for the past several hours. As you can see in these pictures, they've been conducting thorough searches in car boots. In where? Caboots. They've been conducting thorough searches in car boots, checking... What was that? In, yeah. in car boots, babe, like... Oh, the trunks, okay. Vehicle registrations, Wait, cars... at the beginning of the clip, did she say they had to search their underwear? I didn't know. No, no, I, didn't no I didn't hear that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty sure. Searches in car boots, checking vehicle registrations, cars and Slicing. buses alike. But in I... the last half an hour, what we understand is they've actually been dismantled. Exactly why that hasn't been confirmed. Hopefully, good news. We're also not sure yet who these people are connected with, whether it's a repatriation flight or those Aboriginal community members who have been staying here. Okay, well, repatriation, Aboriginal. Am, am I doing all this? Yeah. Okay. Following yeah, the Catherine cluster, Davina, what we do know is that this is definitely going to bring this gold standard facility under intense scrutiny. On Sunday, we had a man escape and found on Darwin's party precinct and this latest situation. Party, party precinct? precinct? I don't know what party precinct is. Okay. Oh, that's probably like a... Up- I don't know what that is. Okay. It's under the microscope further. Not good news. Okay, Talias, thank you. Okay, thank you so None much. Of that was hard. To I didn't understand. understand kaboots. No, you know what? I'm I pretty sure. Boot. Pretty sure know. she said search their underwear. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's totally fine. Like when we say, "Yeah, put the groceries in the boot," that's totally different than "put the groceries in the boot." I don't know. It's like they, you know, they're talking for people that speak that way. Like you say it for me. Yeah, they're also speaking in the more classy Aussie way. Classy. Which, yeah. So there's like oh. three types of Aussie accents, and oh, there's. That was like the more highbrow, like oh. classy. Oh, so, I was so unaware of this. Yeah, we were both unaware of that. Thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt your phone call. She was taping a special across the hall. Oh, right, right, right. right. I didn't know there was a classy Aussie accent. I didn't right. either. I thought it was all no, just like, dirt. Former the shrimp talk. on the Barbie. I don't know what, which no, one is that. Not. I don't... Alan, it's always shrimp on the Barbie with you. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to Google this. Uh, well, while you're googling, I'm gonna play this mostly because I just want to rub it in on you. <laughs> Okay. Did you see the headline? It says Powell inflation. How I saw. I haven't listened to this, but I saw. Yes. Okay. So this is Mr. Toomey. So somebody named Toomey uh, is um, probably a senator or something. I don't know. He Toomey. is. Pat, Pat Toomey. Pat Toomey. Is, also great luggage. Toomey. <laughs> okay. Uh, is being gri- is grilling uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell, Powell during mm-hmm. a Senate testimony on the economy. How long does inflation have to run above 
your target before the Fed decides maybe it's not so transitory? Well, um, first of all, the, the, the test that we've articulated, I think, clearly has been met now. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right. Inflation has run well above 2 percent for long enough that uh, if you look back a few years, inflation averages 2 percent. So I think I think we can say that 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 is take, it was not the case going into this episode. It had been many years since we had inflation at 2 percent. Um, so I think the word I, I need to fucking translate that because he won't just give a straight answer. Right. He's like, how like is this still transitory, as you've said? And he goes, well, it's a good question because going into this episode, you know, we were this experiment and we're kind of at the end of that now. And I suppose you could say now that we're past that, that it's no longer like, I mean, I couldn't even say it. That was impressive. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, Fed chairs typically talk in that fashion. That's not unusual. And just to point out that this. That oh, wait. Jerome so Powell what you mean was- is that's how they always talk? So we should end the Fed? Saying they always no. do that just makes me continue to not like them. But no, I, well, I think that people in that profession, you know, they're like classy Aussies. They have a particular uh, type of <laughs> classy speech Aussies pattern. is the fucking show title. I'm writing it down. <laughs> right. Do you want to play the rest of this? Yeah, just real quick though. But I also want to point out that this was a a Trump appointee that Biden has recently re-upped, so to speak, uh, and decided to keep in place. So uh, just remember that too. Well, it's not like him and Trump got along. That that is take, it was not the case going oh. into this episode. What? They fought with each other. He thought about no, firing because, only because only because Trump didn't want the Fed to be independent. No, he, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. no! You're trying to get on my libertarian <laughs> tendies there. Many years since we had inflation at two percent. Um, so I think the word transitory has different meanings to different people. To, to many, it carries a time a sense of. Uh, of short-lived, we we tend to to to, to ha- use it to mean that it, that it won't leave a permanent mark uh, in the in the form of higher inflation. I think it's it's probably a good time to retire that that uh, word and try to explain more clearly what we mean. Like that was the longest way of just saying yes, yes, we're not having transitory inflation. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if I agree with that. Still, um, I think that we're still most of what we're seeing here is still impacts of the shut down because of the pandemic sure but i think that most people heard transitory and thought six months maybe a year not two yeah but but i think most people didn't expect it to be almost two years in and we're still wearing masks and still you know trying to get people vaccinated and still dealing with new variants like okay you know what how about we don't split hairs with fucking inflation then how about we just call it inflation and we don't like this is this is like adjectives we're using adjectives like just <laughs> fucking like is it inflation or not like oh adverb adverb damn it god damn it <laughs> speaking of fake money alan <laughs> are you familiar with this guy craig wright i'm actually not i so, was not I, either i learned about him today and yeah. I, and i'm our bitcoin guy you are you're the crypto guy <laughs> So Craig Wright is a computer scientist who claims to be the inventor of Bitcoin. Prevailed is that like Nakamori Satoshi. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, it okay. is. So, so the guy that's saying that he's Satoshi six uh, nine or whatever Satoshi six nine is that the nice? No, no, the rapper. Um, <laughs> uh, so Craig Wright, a computer scientist who claims to be the inventor of Bitcoin, prevailed in a civil trial, uh, civil trial verdict against the family of a deceased business partner. They claimed it was owned half of a cryptocurrency fortune worth tens of billions. Owed. 
Did I say owned? Owned. Jesus Christ. You said owned, owned. yeah. Okay, owned. So um, I, I couldn't even just read. Let me explain. So mm-hmm. this guy, Craig Wright, it says that he's – what? how do you say this name? Satoshi. Nakatomi Satoshi. Yeah. The mm-hmm. mythical creator of Bitcoin, an anonymous Well, account. he's not mythical. Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, yeah. Legendary? How's that? Legendary. Okay. Uh, yeah. As yet to be un- still unknown, really. Except he said it like five years ago. Here, I have this right here. This is an this is an interview from five years ago on the BBC. My name is Craig Wright, and I'm about to demonstrate um, a signing of a message with the public key that is associated with um, the first transaction ever done on Bitcoin. And who does the world think did that first transaction? What's the name associated with that first transaction? The monkey is Satoshi Nakamoto. So you're going to show me that Satoshi Nakamoto is you? Yes. Some people will believe, some people won't. And to tell you the truth, I don't really care. But you can say, hand on heart to me, I am Satoshi Nakamoto. Here's where it gets interesting. Now remember, he just won a legal battle against someone else Mm -hmm. that said that they deserve a share in his, like, he has like 10 billion bitcoins or he has like a billion bitcoins so that's at 50 billion dollars okay so they just said you could say hand on your heart i am satoshi nakamoto i was the main part of it other people helped me (laughs) whoa (laughs) you know i was thinking i don't know if the prosecution has that clip but like i feel like that would have done well in court I would imagine that they would have seen that if, but um, I was thinking as he was talking in the beginning, I was like, eh, I don't buy this. This is bullshit. Doesn't sound then, Japanese. No, <laughs> not that. Just that the, I think that the impression of, of who the person was who actually is Satoshi, mm-hmm. um, it, it, the vibe just doesn't fit with this guy. Um, uh, people that just... people that have interacted with Satoshi have mm-hmm. said that when they've met this guy, he had all the mannerisms that really he displayed online. Yeah, um, you're the crypto guy; you would know. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing. So if he lost this battle, mm-hmm. he would have to give all of this money to that other to well, half, half right? of it to that other yeah. family, right? So everything's in the blockchain. They know the blockchain. If I'm saying this right, of the the first transaction. Right. And they or the account because of that. Right. So everybody's watching that account. And if he loses the battle and you see half of it go from his fucking account, they would know it was him. But if but he also promised that if he won, he'd put a small amount into either someone else's account or the same person's account anyways. So and has that happened? It hasn't happened yet. Most don't, don't most people speculate that Satoshi wasn't one person. That's what he just said, though. Right. But hasn't that been speculated about yes, for a, yeah, a while? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, okay, so there was a school shooting in Michigan. Oxford is a city just north of, like... Uh, Detroit, right? Yeah, but it's north of, like, Auburn Hills. So, okay. like, it's um, it's north from where the, the Pistons lose all their home games. The, um, the palace. Yeah, the palace. Sorry, Auburn Hills is just so fucking far, and I just thought about how I lived on 11 Mile and had to drive to Auburn Hills to watch basketball. Ugh. Anyway, you went to the Palace. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. I saw the Mavs play. Um, 
Okay, so the so this Michigan shooter. Well, Alan, you sent me an audio on Twitter that was gonna we were gonna play here, but it was later discredited. It was still pretty powerful, but and plus we well, want this to be I, a little more palatable. Like we're not just gonna play a bunch of audio from a fucking school shooting. Yeah, so I guess we should set it up a little bit here. I think everybody at this point is aware of this, but um, there was initially a a video that was going around on social media that showed. Um, some kids in a classroom behind a, what appeared to be a locked door, and they're talking to somebody who's outside in the hallway. And the person outside is trying to get them to open the door and representing himself as a, a sheriff, as a, a sheriff's But at some point he deputy. said the word bro, and the kids are like, oh, he said bro. Get the fuck out of here. Go out the window. That's totally not a cop. And then it right. came out later that the cop said that he was doing that to try to identify with the kids, which I still, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Something's well, so, so the narrative that was going around social media was that, this was the shooter who was attempting to lure yeah. the kids out so right. he could kill them. Right. And the, the, that was really widespread. In fact, when I, I sent you that Twitter video yeah. and the, the, the uh, tweet attached to it said that, and I, I believed that. Well, I watched it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the video is pretty compelling. And yeah. they see the kids like jump out the window and run yeah. up to the front and, you know, they get taken in by some sheriff's yeah. uh, deputies. Yeah. Um, so the sheriff's uh, office later had a, a press conference. I think it was the next day. Wherein they said, look, you know, we know this is going around, but that's not true. Um, that was actually one of our deputies. And he, as you said, he's, he, he said, bro, because he was trying to just connect with the kids. Um, I, I just think that what's interesting about that is how quickly a narrative can be developed on, you know, 20, 30 seconds of video that everybody just assumes is the reality uh, when in fact it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still run into people in my own circles who are like, can you believe that, that that kid was, you know, he was trying to lure those people out. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not what happened. Um, but because people, you know, they see the headline, they see the tweet, whatever, and they don't pay attention anymore. It's just like, it, it fades into the background. Right. And they just believe what they saw. They believe what the narrative was. I mean, I've learned it from a trusted source. You sent it to me, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) our brains work, right? Like, no, I got that from my friend. And if I hadn't seen that press conference the next day, mm-hmm. I'd be on here talking about that. Right. Like I would probably, I might still think that I probably would have found like Reddit somewhere. Sure. Uh, yeah. We would have uh, found out in- later. Yeah. Um, but I think to me, that just speaks to how careful we have to be mm-hmm. about uh, interpreting what we see as a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this, this, you know, this story is so much bigger than that. Um, but it was just something I wanted to highlight on the show. Yeah, no, I think that was interesting. Yeah, uh, that I mean, I, um, so the prosecutors charged the parents of the suspect in the shooting with mm-hmm. involuntary manslaughter. Um, so, like you said, it was the kids, the fifteen-year-old kid's gun. Um, they're so what? In, through investigating it, looking at their phones, um, they've seen that there were convers and social media. There were posts, you know, with the kid with the gun after his parents bought it, and they knew the date of the transaction. Uh, you know, I apparently I don't believe there was anything against the law in Michigan with giving your 15 year old a handgun. Then what happened next was the um, the student was caught searching for ammo right. on the computer. Yeah, it's unclear. Like they all, they keep saying that he was searching for ammunition, phone. but. It, was it on his phone or was it on I, a school computer? I, I, maybe I, I imagined it was on his phone. I think it was on his phone and the teacher saw it, but I don't know. Yeah, the okay. teacher saw it. They and, got the the parents and the staff or the, the administration involved, right? 
Yeah, they called the parents. They emailed the parents. Uh, the parents did not respond. This was the day before the shooting. And th- that's the when we got didn't... the text message where the the mom was like, no, I'm just upset that you got caught. You got to be more careful. It was, kinda. yeah, it was LOL. Uh, you know, I'm not upset. You just, you know, have to be more careful, essentially. Yeah. Um, now, if it was in, not in the context of having shot up a school, I don't know that that's such an inappropriate thing to say. It's like, no, I mean, I get it. You're excited about your gun. You want to look for ammo. You just got to be careful and not get caught. Like that's, I'm, I'm not, in the end of this conversation, I'm not going to be on the parent's side. So calm your fuck down. But like, like I just don't feel like that's that unreasonable. And like, like, I don't know what at that point you're supposed to do now in, in the context of everything where, like, was it the day of where he started having, like, really uh, violent – didn't he have, like, a violent post or somebody found something he had so, written? Yeah, he wrote a note that a teacher saw or found it on his desk, and it included um, uh, a gun shooting a person who was bleeding uh, with the laughing emoji. And, I don't know, are we going to play the video? I'm just going to play the audio, the audio of the parents being arrested or okay, being charged. All right. So – so there was that and something like um uh i'm a useless and um yeah it was it was pretty evocative the, the like when people say that we should defund the police and they really mean that we want to have better like mental health mental. availability uh right. this is the type of shit that they're talking about right like having a scenario or having resources so that in this scenario you have someone affiliated in my preference with your school. Like if I had kids, I'd want them in a school where if a student was showing that kind of behavior, there was someone on staff that would, you know, not isolate them and put them in a cell, like take them somewhere and try to help them, you know? And at well, some point you can so kick someone out of a school too. A trained professional, right? Yeah. Is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, essentially that's sort of what happened. So the teacher saw this note. Um, he was pulled from the classroom and they called the parents in. They showed them the note Um and they said that the parents had to seek counseling for the child within 48 hours or they would report them to CPS. You can't really force much more than that. I mean, 48 hours, two days, like that's a lot to insist on something. So, yeah. They they asked the parents to uh, take him out of school that day uh-huh. and the parents refused. Um, yeah, I feel like you should have the right to not have someone on your property that you think is going to be violent. Yeah, but it's a public school. Oh, I, so... I mean, Alan, I have a solution for all of this. It'll end okay. all the school shootings. Mm-hmm. Homeschooling. Mm. Did I telegraph that? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, I, oh, it was I just glib. Of... I don't mean to be glib. And plus, no, they'd probably that. just shoot their brothers or something. Because they'd have guns at home. No, that's not what I would... No, I... Hmm. So, I would so... shot my brother if I had homeschooling. I would have been I would have been a homeschool shooter. I have had enough of you, Brennan. Oh my god. This took a dark turn. Not to death, but like you know, um, in the foot. Just in the foot. Yeah. Jeez. All right. So so no, I don't agree with that. I mean, yes, uh I, I think homeschooling is a great alternative. I, I think, you know, I was homeschooled for part of my education and it, I think it worked really well for me. Yeah. Um I also think there are advantages to like being no, but around. The, but the point is and, it being a state school they couldn't just insist no, they no. leave. So the point is that parents shouldn't have to worry about their kids getting shot at school. Well, like, I know, but it's and, easy and, to say that, that but like how the, do you make solutions? And it shouldn't be the re like you you can't just say like 
well, I mean, my solution to school shootings is don't send kids to school. Like, no, that's my not... solution to school shootings is the school should be able to not have someone there that they think is going to be violent. Okay, that's saying that's different. Yeah, that's different. So, I mean, so here's where, where I think that the argument goes off the rails about the whole um, the parents, you know, the whole LOL text and it not being that big of a deal. Cause uh-huh. I can see that argument until this happens. Well, yeah, but so, I mean, like, but you can't read the future though. I mean, I, I'm no, well, I, so until this happens, the, the, the school asks the parents to remove the child from the school. The parents refuse. The parents know he has access to a gun. Mm-hmm. They've seen the drawings. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. to be charitable, they don't take the drawing seriously. For oh, just oh yeah, my story to, stops being sympathetic with the parents where I left off. Like, yeah. Well, let's just let's just say what happened. So uh-huh. the uh, he says that the reason that he did that drawing was he was designing a video game, and that's part of the video game. Okay, so you could say to be charitable. Oh well, the parents believe that the school believed that. So they let the kid back in class. Now, the parents know he has access to a gun. They don't check his backpack to see if the gun is there. The school doesn't search his backpack, even though the the law around searching a student's um, uh, personal materials is not... The, the standard isn't the same as, like, the police searching your car. It's not like that. Um, they don't have to have that level of, of um, suspicion to search a, a student's backpack, Okay. And we can debate whether that's good or not, but that's not the point. All right. So the parents leave. Kid goes back to class. Like, you know, half hour, hour later, you see the kid coming out of the restroom uh, with his gun loaded and he starts shooting. Okay. Like, as soon as this starts being broadcast around town, people are like, there's a shooting at this school. The mother texts the son, don't do this. Like before there's any reports. Yes, of who it is. The father makes a 911 call, says his gun is missing, and he thinks his son might be the shooter. Before there's any reports, right? They don't know. They just assume that, which means they had a gut feeling, which is like, okay, if, that's, a good if point. that's your initial reaction, yeah. then like... Then you had an intuition. F- you that had means an intuition. you ignored your... Yeah, uh-huh. Yes. I, that's, that's, I think, where that whole argument falls apart, and I think it's a... This, by the way, we should point out... A prosecutor doing this is is like unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Um, this really doesn't happen. Um, but in this instance, I think it's I think it's well deserved. Yeah, and uh, let me play this, and I'll tell you a couple thoughts I have. Okay. Jennifer Crumbly was contacted via voicemail by school personnel regarding that son's inappropriate internet search. School personnel indicate they followed that voicemail up with an email, but received no response from either parent. Thereafter, Jennifer Crumbly exchanged text messages about the incident with her son on that day, stating, quote, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. Actually, that's the reason I wanted to play that. So I, I appreciate okay. the conversation we've had to before this. I honestly think it's more important. Uh, but I like pointing out things that um, get spread around in the media that I think are inappropriate and have like, we kind of talked about the wrong assumptions. Actually, it's just like you talked mm-hmm. about at the beginning of this, that last quote that, uh, that, that LOL, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad that you got caught. A lot of right. people started saying that was what she said when she found out that he had shot the school, that he had did what he right. did. And they thought it was post the shooting. That, exactly. Pre- Cause it, I, right. if you just played that part. And even like the seconds leading into that part, it sounds like that's what she's talking about. Um, at the end of this clip, she ends up justifying her reasons for charging the parents, but I don't think it's any better than how you've actually summed it up. So, um, 
I have another clip from MSNBC that I'm going to skip. Um, so from one shooting to another, Alec Baldwin <clears throat> had, uh, he was interviewed by George Stephanopoulos. Just a couple clips from that. It feels like in this one, so in this one, this is the clip where he says that someone's responsible for it. Uh, Stephanopoulos kind of. You think people know what this is, right? uh, The Alec Baldwin shooting on the set of Rust? Yeah, Yeah. we didn't really set that up, so yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you feel guilt? No, no. I feel that there is, I I feel that that, uh, someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. Did you ever did you watch that show? I I I think you should leave, or what? What's it called? Uh, what's that sketch comedy show that we talked about on the show? Oh, oh, the Netflix one. Yeah, what's it called? I for, yes, I think you should leave. I think I think it's called. I think you should leave. Okay, yeah. that, I forgot all about that. Okay, Tim likes it. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's funny. Uh, that it's that funny. that scene reminds me of the hot dog guy that crashes into the car. He's like that crashes into the the clothing store, and he's like. Look, we're all trying to find the person that did this. <laughs> he like gets out of an accident and starts saying, like, look, I know it's wonder it's amazing who did this. Somebody crashed a car I, here. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can see that. It does it sounds like he's blaming the prop armor in this next clip. Armorer. I got countless people online saying, You you idiot, you never point a gun at someone. Well, unless you're told it's empty and it's the director of photography who's instructing you on on the angle for a shot we're going to do. Every single time I'm handed a gun on a set. This Every is, time, Mark. This is they hand me a gun, I look at it. This is Dog on uh, Mark Maron's podcast. Mm-hmm. Open it, I show it to the person I'm pointing it to, we show it to the crew. Every yeah. single take, you hand it back to the armor when you're done, you do it again. Right. Everyone does it. Everybody knows it. How do you respond to actors like George Clooney who say that every time they were handed a gun, they checked it themselves? If, if your protocol is you checking the gun every time, well, good for you. Good for you. Why did you choose in your 40 years not to check the gun yourself? One person has that responsibility to maintain the gun. And what is the actor's responsibility? When you say what is the actor's responsibility, the actor's responsibility is to do what the prop armorer tells him to do. Dude. Well, so so you said, is he trying to blame the prop armorer? Um, and I, I think that or, there is some blame. Or, he's either to be... trying to blame them or the dead cinematographer, because he kind of said that, too. It's like, well, they handed me the gun. I think that there is some blame to be laid at the feet of the of the prop armor. It is their job. And, you know, as we documented previously on the show, it appeared to be amateur hour on this set. I, there yeah, were lots I, of I things that were just... There were lots of things that were just fucking amateur hour you know yeah and that led to this however my my real take on this is he's trying to avoid a civil lawsuit yep or, yep they were like criminal. do you feel guilty nope definitely say no can't be on yeah. camera saying yes that'd be yeah, the end that's, of that's, that that's what that'd this be was the end of that suit do you feel guilty yes fuck god damn it i should have <laughs> never said that yeah that yeah. You're, you're totally right um but he just comes across wrong when he's saying like um that he doesn't check the gun. Somebody's responsible. Yeah. It's not me. He I don't said, know who it is. He said he pointed the gun. He said it, but I didn't pull the trigger. Hey, like that's just okay. So I think if it's possible, maybe it's a revolver, and maybe it like snagged on his shirt as he moved it forward, and the hammer went back. Maybe, maybe he he pulled the trigger. He pulled the let's, trigger. Yeah, like he pulled just, the trigger. Yeah. Uh, Let's just be honest here. Yeah, you know, it it was an hour long interview, right? And mm-hmm. This is a good one minute recap of it. The big question is, and one you must have asked yourself a thousand times is, 
How did this happen? Well, I know what happened. I know exactly who did it. Exactly who did it. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I would never point a gun at someone and pull a trigger at them. How never. did a real bullet get on that set? It was Kyle Rittenhouse. He put a live bullet in oh a gun. God. A bullet that wasn't even supposed to be in the property. Actually, come to think of it, there were other people there. Who was it? Donald Trump was there, yes, and... Uh, do you want to hear the rest of this? I'm just waiting for you to tell they me to stop. both handed no. him the bullet at the same time. I'm, I'm, Kyle, do they talk about him transporting the bullet across straight lines as <laughs> no, well? No, no. You know what? I thought something was lacking. It was lacking creativity. I appreciate it. That's kind of lame. I'm sorry. That's like morning show DJ. Um, this is a great clip from, uh, I always just say Hunk with Mike, and it doesn't help because it's called Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. Uh, mm, yes. James Fritz. Excellent. One of our favorite comedians was on Hunk this week, and he had this comment, which actually builds off of that. Yeah. It's time to make this written house a written home. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to. I was like, well, I'm isolating that. Oh, he's just so naturally funny. Yeah, he is. It's so, so he looks so that easy. He calls him the John Prine of comedy, and I like it. I, I concur. Okay, so I want to get out on here on an upbeat note, Alan. Yes, please. All right. I've got two Joel Joel Olstein. Do you know who Joel Olstein is, Alan? He's a mega church guy. Yeah. So uh, here's a story from 2014. It's worth. Oh, it. I think I know what this is about. I hope you do. Yeah, I do. Okay. I think I do. A bold crime at Houston's Lakewood Church, the largest congregation in the world. Someone stole $600,000 from a safe inside that church. Who could it be? Uncle Deuce Courtney Zavala has more Satan? now from Southwest Houston. <laughs> Lauren, good morning. This- All right, we're not going to play the rest of that. So $600,000 stolen in 2014, which brings us to this week's story. Right, news, same news place. I like this. this um, uh, oh, look at that. Yeah. yeah. Channel 2. Out to new details about a sizable theft at Lakewood. You may remember hundreds of thousands of dollars were stolen from a safe at the megachurch. That was a big headline back in 2014. And now, all these years later, another bombshell. A plumber says that he found the money in a wall while he was doing work at the church. KPRC2's Rochelle Turner live at Lakewood tonight (laughs) there in Greenway Plaza. Rochelle. What a fucking sleaze bag. (laughs) I feel like this is like the end of a Scooby-Doo episode where they pull the fucking And it's just his head the whole time? It's just Joel Osteen. Yeah. Ah, you got me, fucking kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what's that thing about the rich man and the thread through the needle or the camel or something like that? I slept in Bible study. (laughs) <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has been a long show, but I think it was worth it. Yeah, it was a good show. Um, what, do we do something to end this, or I just hit this button? Usually, there's a jack. No, uh, I could do. We a quick probably jack. went long I, enough. I can give you a quick jack, Alan. Hold on. Okay. Wait. Oh, ooh, hey, now. Sorry. Um, Gotta take me to a dinner <laughs> no, first. Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, this one's <laughs> dumb. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse. Right. Jesse Eisenberg. Heisenberg. Oh. Mr. White. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Uh, that... <laughs> that, that was a great jack. All right, drive safe. Cheers. <laughs> you, you like I'm pooping right now. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron, and if so, why? I come without explanations or solutions. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. God bless the United States. Now this is podcasting.